the project. Kuwait. Learn. In today's episode, Maddie, Liam, and Meg get into a heated discussion about bench press and whether it belongs in the top four compound lifts. Also, find out more about gut health and what it really does to make you shape and figure those awesome curves and find out if Maddie is comfortable naked or not and who really is comfortable naked. All this and more in today's episode. (laughs) It's it's recording, by the way. If you ever want a career in voiceovers, you know you... I'm good. Yeah, you're good. Awesome. Fair enough. Okay, let me get it started. We're ready to go. All right, we're ready to go. We good right. to go. So aren't you going to read that? Well, I thought you were introducing. <laughs> oh, I'm introducing. All right. <laughs> so why you should care about health? All right. Can I do my own introduction? Yeah. Yeah. On? Oh, okay. Sweet. All right. So everybody, welcome to the podcast. Welcome, welcome to the podcast. Uh, I'm so cutting that out. <laughs> welcome to the podcast. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the project. Today we're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about your gut pretty much how you shouldn't destroy it. We're also going to talk about how you should add in those little accessory movements into your workout and how to actually move a little bit better and how much movement you should try and incorporate in during a day and how not to suck at it and just sit at your desk all day twiddling your thumbs and biting on a pencil because it's not going to do you any good. But yeah, that's what we're going and going to do today and we might cut that part out. Uh, that was awesome (laughs) take two (laughs) all right Liam you take this one I've had a long day it's all right get it out now (laughs) all right oh god (laughs) all right so yeah Liam compound movements buddy oh so you're not gonna yeah dude all right fine you want me to do it again Uh, do you want me to go yeah you go so I have a go okay I'm not I'm I'm warmed up, but we can eat, we can each <laughs> try and we'll see what have sticks. <laughs> okay, guys, welcome. Um, we're going to be talking about the best ways to get a great body in this episode. So basically, we're going to go over why you should care about your gut health, what a red flag is, and what you can do about it. Um, and then also, are you missing an accessory in your daily program? Is it something that you need? How much movement do you do in a day, and is it enough? Okay, I like is it. All right, yeah. yeah. Okay, compound cool. movements. Let's dive in. Cool, we're diving straight on uh, compound movements then. Uh, some people may have heard of compound movements, but generally most people will know them as just total body movements, right? Um, so these movements are absolutely essential for most people. And when you're looking to get a great body, which most of us are, actually a kind of quick anecdote, when I was uh, in a previous life in a, in a corporate job, we uh, interviewed a bunch of rugby players, like professional rugby players. We asked them, why, why do you do what you do? Why do you... Why do you play all the sport and spend all the time on the massage table trying to get your performance better everything like this number one came out to earn money like to have a life to to have it be a professional sports person the next one number two was to look good naked <laughs> that was it. yeah like for, for all these guys that was like in a very very close second to the, number to the two first one yeah as well. it was basically to to look good naked um well, so, i don't know about you guys but i look perfect naked this is an interesting this is an interesting topic because actually it's funny that was something that was on a mindset there's been memes all over it's like yeah i trained to look good naked and and that is something that people do think about um but it's funny i've had a lot of conversations with women 
about how a lot of them actually they they like their naked body they feel good in their naked body it's when they go to put on like the swimsuit they go to put on the clothes and they go to put on those things they're like well now I feel like shit in my body and now I feel like I want to make the changes but I actually like how I look naked so it's just kind of funny how the body image issue can go on on both ways and yeah, both sides of it yeah right? yeah totally so I mean that's why it's quite important for us to touch on when you say to, to get a great body it's, it's what's it's, a great body yeah it's a great body to you yeah so as long as you kind of looking in the mirror and you're happy with yourself then that's what kind of what we're what we're looking to achieve right yeah i think it's the body that yeah where you don't you don't hate yourself in <laughs> whatever yeah. that looks like i think it's the one where you've got a a clear mind things don't yeah derail you you're not trying to beat yourself into the ground like you you're happy with where you're at yeah yeah i mean we've kind of touched on like a lot of the mental aspects of like kind of perceiving yourself and and you know, mm-hmm. having a great body for yourself um, but I think today we're going we're gonna to be basically focusing on more the physical side. Um, so, I mean, exercise, as we said, just coming back to compound movements real quick. Um, so squat, deadlifts, monostructural movements, so like running, um, just generally totally bo- using bench your body. Bench press, overhead press. Bench press, maybe. No, I'd maybe. throw the bench press in there for us old guys. We, we'll get on to accessory work. <laughs> we'll get on to accessory I don't believe work. That. Bench press? Yeah, all right, it's dancing that fine line. Okay. But, you know, if you want bigger boobs. <laughs> that is not necessarily true. If you're doing right, incline versus flat bench, I take incline all day. Mm. Okay, so just to throw, throw a spanner in the works, I haven't done bench press for about four years. I can believe it. But then I don't, do I have a great body? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Obviously not. But it depends on, <laughs> it, it depends on your goal. True. But that's it really it. so, does. yeah, I mean, just for, just generally for me, like if I find I do bench press, I've got a number of different ch- uh, chest and shoulder injuries that from doing too much bench press before. I think, yeah, it's an easy one that I think a lot of people kind of lose. Yeah. Some focus on of yeah. exactly that of, of injuries, I think are more, a little bit more common with that because it becomes a little bit more of an ego. But if you're not attached bench pre- one. yeah, but that's the thing. If you're not bench pressing properly, if you're right. not bringing the scat back, if yeah. you're not engaging everything, if you're not getting your chest activated beforehand, yeah, you're going to yeah. injure yourself. Yeah. I mean, I've torn both labrums and both shoulders and it's been because I was benching like crap. Right. And it was because of the ego lifts. You yeah. Know? If you're throwing up 140 and you shouldn't be benching 140 and you're using all shoulders, you know, you know how when you press up, if you're pressing too high and you extend too far out, you know, you just shoulders pop into play. That's what's going to happen. But is the bench press a good movement? Is it an essential movement? In my opinion, it is. Like it definitely has deserved and earned its place within the uh, lifting atmosphere and the whole compound movements, but okay, nice. That's Sorry, fair, man. It's a fair opinion. It's a fair uh, opinion. Again, sure. you can power clean 140, but, so I can't say it, crap. It's it's an it's <laughs> it actually touches nicely on kind of that whole idea of like what we think is a good body. Do we need accessory work? It's those type of things. So I definitely say just to kind of flash forward to our accessory work just while we're on it. That pushing element is something that people need yeah. for sure. I don't. I think it. A lot of people, as you said, will, will get injured from doing bench press, usually with a barbell. Um, so it may be that a different variation of it might be more suitable for them or different, it's different kind style of, a full of bodies body and movement. things like that as well. It's almost a full body movement. You're engaging your lats. You're engaging your core. Oh, true. You, true. Know, you have to press into the ground. You know, there's a lot going on there. There's a lot of moving, moving parts. So. Yeah, true. No, that's, that's why I say that it might be good for um, people to find a different variation of that kind of that pushing away movement. Um, I mean, most of the time you see it like on an American football pitch when the guys on the offensive line go up, 
hitting each other, then that pressing movement is is what's going to keep keep the guys away from your quarterback, right? Um, if the British guy wants to talk about American football, that's fine. <laughs> the Americans can jump in. I've been in Kuwait point. for five years. I'm so detached from sports right now, so I'll let them talk. We'll talk about it if you want. You check my YouTube. No, 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 oh, dude, all the sorry. films, right? I had to throw that in there, man. I had to throw that in there. <laughs> we can start talking about soccer if you want. Soccer. <laughs> well, you said it was a soccer. <laughs> um, but no, getting you know, onto a little segue. <laughs> we'll, we'll do an episode on soccer as well. <laughs> I mean, football. football. Um, but yeah so compound movements we should be getting those in generally um, you'll find the uh, personal trainer or coach will be um, getting squats deadlifts any kind of those variations in there single leg work um, bits and pieces like that where where you're using all of your body generally we kind of know that if you're using all of your body you're likely to be burning more calories because you're using more muscle that means you're going to grow more lean muscle that means you're going to burn more calories in the long term that means you're going to have more more lean muscle less fat in general speaking um, which is going to be beneficial for everyone whether you're looking to just be able to walk up the stairs without kind of coughing and wheezing or whether you want to go and do olympic weightlifting in the olympics or uh, be a professional football player whatever it might be um so yeah all those compound movements are, are important do you agree Absolutely. I, yeah, every program that I run people through, I mean, we've, we've definitely got them in there. Um, and different variations, like as long as I think about, you know, like bench press, like I might not have everybody bench press, but like, we're definitely doing something where we're pushing weight away from the body. Like that's yeah, absolutely going through each one of those movements. I think for sure, you've got to get the whole body to work together as a unit. And the way you described it, I mean, it's perfect because when you break it down and when you go to, when you go to the deadlift, you know, like a lot of people don't know that you are actually working every single muscle in your body if you're doing it correctly. And it is such an essential movement to everyday use, especially like for me picking up my kid every day. You know, if I'm bending over just with my back and I'm not kind of almost mimicking that deadlift movement or that squat movement all the time, dude, my back's on fire. I coached T-ball last year and every day or sorry, every Friday. After after the games, because I'm bending over, putting you know, putting a baseball in a tee, dude, my back would be on fire. It'd be horrible. I'd I'd be laid up like all night long. And sure enough, when I switched my movement around, you know, it took some conscious effort, but kind of went away. And it was more of a almost like a hinge at the hips, sort of squat down, trying to find what was right. But yeah, no, I mean, deadlifts definitely. I had no idea where I was going with that point. They're definitely important. <laughs> I think is where you were going with it. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I had to throw a Maddie moment out. <laughs> but I mean, obviously, like we've got these all these kind of these compound movements. I keep referring back to that that name. It's kind of a little bit of technical jargon, but um, those kind of total body movements and how important they are. But obviously, we we have accessory movements. As but wait, well. what about the overhead press? We can't forget about the overhead press. Your overhead press. Overhead press is important. I, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a big compound move. Totally. Arguably more important than the bench press. Yes, yes. I would agree with that. I would 100%, agree with that. <laughs> 110%, 110%, I will agree with that. Yeah? Yeah. I will definitely agree with that. Look, if you're going to throw anything out, I would throw the bench press out and overhead press in because how often are we actually reaching overhead or putting something up overhead? It's almost on a, a daily basis, right? So that's why I'll throw the bench press out. 
I'm good. Okay. I'm good. I'm good with that. Well, we won. We won. We won. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's, it's old school mentality. Back when you know, when I was 16, walking into the gym for the first time, it was like, you know, what were your machines or what? What did you have? What were the workouts then? It was completely different than now. It was we had no information. You know, it was muscle mags. That was it. And half the crap that was on there was ran by guys on gear. So, you know, it didn't really make sense at the time. And bench press was a big part of that. Even in baseball, college sports, it was always like, how much are you benching? How much are you benching? So that's why I throw it in there as a compound movement. But, I mean, overhead press all day. Yeah, for sure. Well, which one would you think is harder? Overhead press. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Overhead press? I think so. I think, you. yeah, absolutely. I just say because I saw an inter- interesting Instagram story from a from a friend, and he's kind of he's a, he's a strength coach um, at, at Barbell Club, and he's asking, okay, which one which one's uh, which one's harder? And obviously, there's a massive mix of opinion, especially from some of those guys who just bench squat deadlift all the time. Um, but yeah, generally, it came out that overhead press was harder. It's harder, yeah. Um, Makes sense. Kind of longer range of motion, especially for a lot of these guys who are kind of like arching their back and things like that as well. Yeah. Um, even though you might not be able to do do as much weight, which obviously puts a lot of people off. Um, but yeah, I definitely say it's harder, but also more transferable, as you said, like a transferable skill um, into a lot of other things, whether you're reaching, like pushing, putting something up on top of a wardrobe or whatever it might be, um, which is generally what we're looking for for the general public in their health and fitness is just being able to make th- make sure that they can do daily movements. The recruitment patterns. Yeah. So they can, making sure they can do daily movements in the right pattern and making sure they don't get injured from just walking around the house in the day. Yeah. And public service announcement, please do not go and bench press if you don't know how to do it. All right. <laughs> but if you do overhead press, and this happened with me, I didn't bench press for a while. And I was just overhead pressing and, you know, like the typical CrossFit stuff, right? But when I went back to bench pressing, you know, I was putting up like, I think it was 225 that I was struggling with. I was putting it up easy and I was like, well, what the hell's going on here? Probably recruiting a little bit more out of my shoulders, but the weight was a lot lighter. It was a lot easier to move. So you it's like an accessory movement. No, I would still say an it's accessory. a, I would say it's a staple. So it's like it's definitely a staple. <laughs> it's a definitely a staple. And if, if I was to, if I were to work out three times a week only, and it was a full body. I would definitely have deadlift, bench press, uh, squat, and uh, overhead press. Those would be the four movements that I would do every time I would ditch the leg press. I would, you know, ditch anything with a machine unless it was, I was recovering from an injury or it was totally like, you have to do it. You know, the, if you're going to do flies, do cable flies or do, you know, that accessory work, but it depends on what your goal is too, you know, but three times a week, I would do those movements plus three accessories, one for each body part. And why would you say accessories is important? Why is accessories important? Dude, accessories are, I think accessories are really important mainly because it's those little muscles and those little recruitment patterns that you're building up that are going to eventually support that big movement you're doing. So if I am just squatting, for instance, if I'm not building up a strong core, and by core I mean the abdomen, the obliques, and everything, you're not going to squat as much as you potentially could, right? I mean, you're you're an Olympic yeah, lifting guy, so Definitely. coming from you, it's probably going to be... I think even more so than that kind of... we Even when we're not thinking about pushing maximal weight... Like we, even if we just took it right back to just being able to squat in a healthy movement pattern, 
then those accessory movements of having like the correct balance between your quads and your hamstrings, so the front of your leg and the back of your leg, um, making sure that your glutes are activated, making sure that your hip flexors aren't too tight, um, all those kind of things uh, like will it be, enable you to be able to air squat correctly. Q prime. <laughs> Q priming. <laughs> you say, yeah, you're only as activation. strong as like you're the weakest link in it. And our and our bodies are very efficient. Like they're going to take the easiest road. Like we're kind of lazy by nature. <laughs> Honestly, like your body's going to find the most efficient way to do it. Um, and that's what's cool about it is like if you if that muscle isn't able to handle the load and doing it, like something else will take over for it. But then that's, of course, when you're risking your, your injury and things like that. So you have to be able to train. You have to know exactly what's going to fire first and how those are all going to work together. And you get that through the accessory work. You get that through um, also isolating things. You get that through, um, you know, going out of alignments and different patterns and allowing those muscles to to wake up and understand what their role is in it to support the big muscles. But we look at we think of our body like a, you know, like an anatomy textbook and we see like, you know, bicep and tricep and we know it starts here and it ends here. And we just kind of think of like, oh, that's the only thing that's working at that time. But that's why like something like an overhead press is so cool. And it is harder because it's not just like, yeah, you're working your upper body and you're feeling it in the shoulders and you're feeling it in the arms, but like, that's not working independently. Like you, by squeezing your ass in that movement, you're allowing that weight to go up a lot easier, you know? And so it's just understanding how the entire body works. And then core is something else that's really confusing for a lot of people. Um, you know, we associate the core as just like six pack. People look at it and they're like, oh, it's just, you know, I need to do more core. So they, or they know that maybe that's the weak link in their movement. So then they just want to do sit-ups and it's like, well, your core is actually like everything from your ass to your ribs. Like <laughs> that is all your core. Um, and most of your movement comes through there. So it's just, yeah, you have to, accessory work isn't something like extra. It isn't something that is only reserved for certain people with certain goals. I think it's just, you need to train the body as a, as a whole and you get that. Yeah. Many different ways. What would you do for, I mean, cause you, we were talking about this earlier, but in terms of activation and activating your body before some of these compound moves, like for me personally, I'll do a lot of, you know, the, the frog and, you know, like the, uh, a 90, 90, for instance, or a pigeon or, you know, I'll sometimes, you know, just do a walkout, uh, plank and a push up. What are some good activation tips you could give before a compound movement? I mean, what are some of the top things that you would do? What do you do to activate yourself? Do you're a big guy? You lift big weights. So for me personally, yeah. I have like super inactive hamstrings and glutes. <laughs> so like it's always, always, always for me, like woman knows that making sure that my quads are actually quite loose and relaxed, uh, making sure that my hip flexors are, are nice and loose and, and stretched. Um, and then actually activating, um, using like usually like a, a glute band, like a hip band, something like that. Um, kind of sideways walks, um, monster walks, things like that, making sure that I'm literally lighting my, my hamstrings and glutes up. And then as soon as I go down into a squat, then overhead squat or anything like that, then I'm good. I'm good to go. Also, if there's kind of like any generally like your tibialis anterior, so the muscle that's just kind of coming down the shin on the, on the, the front of your the, the lower leg. Um, generally that can get a little bit tight as well, especially if you're driving a lot. So if you're kind of in traffic and sitting there for a long time, you're kind of pressing the accelerator, holding the brake down and things like that. Yeah, you try that, that one out, dude. That can get never super, thought of that. Yeah, that can get super tight. So I found uh, just even just um, if I'm in traffic coming up to the gym, just kind of rubbing it with my hand, kind of putting a lot of pressure down through it just to help ease, ease, the, ease the pressure off a little bit. Um, or if you have a ball or something hard, then scraping down it. And um, that usually give you a little bit of better um, kind of uh, flexion in your in your ankle, so that you actually get 
better range of motion there so your knees can go a little bit more forward um, and you can sit your actual body weight over the heels and the midsole of your foot so you can get better balance in the squat then as well. So those are kind of things that are very specific to me because I'm doing a lot of squatting movements in my training. Um, but generally those help a lot for the lower body. Um, and yeah, then but then the plank walkout, definitely something I do just trying to trying to loosen up the kind of the area between uh, like the top of my legs and, and my core um but yeah and then it's just barbell speed work <laughs> for me yeah <laughs> well I like how you went into the using the ball and like you know just really kind of focusing on the lower body I think the hip the hips for most people I would say most of the population are a big thing especially when it comes to working out I mean I'm behind a desk all day. So I drive for three hours. I sit for another seven. So majority of my day is literally sitting down. And when I go to do these movements, my hips are tight. Like they're really tight. It takes a while to, it takes all kinds of stretching, moving stuff around. Just try to, you know, grease the wheels. So, so to speak, which sucks. But I think you brought up a great point by focusing on the lower half for a lot of people. I'd say lower half and shoulders. Cause you know, when you're hunched over the whole time, that's, that's for me, it's like, I go straight to hips, lower half hamstrings. I'm fine with, you know, I don't have problem there, but everyone's different. So I think that's the biggest takeaway from that, but good point on that. Yeah. I think that's it. Like everyone is massively different. And so like some people, like my partner can literally walk into a weightlifting room, do a couple of arm stretches and then she's like, good to go. <laughs> it's like, like what the hell? I just spend like 20, 30 minutes warming up, like get my central nervous system fired, have a massive coffee. Um, and yeah, she's like super good to go. No problem. Um, so everyone is different, but I think it's, it's good for you to like kind of maybe just seek out a little bit of professional help just to make sure that you're not doing any damage by not warming up those, those muscles. Cause obviously if they're not warmer, if they're not kind of prepared for exercise, then they're more likely to get damaged during exercise. Even if you kind of feel like you can get into those positions and you're flexible, Actually, sometimes you can either be too flexible or the kind of the muscle isn't ready for the load that you're about to put through it. Um, so it's important just to kind of maybe just check in with a coach or someone that you trust um, or even just do your own research online and just kind of see what, what other people are doing. If it's, for example, a weightlifting warm-up, super easy to go into YouTube and just type weightlifting warm-up and then see what other people are doing. And usually if everyone else is warming up, it's probably a good idea to have a little go at it and see if it increases your performance. Like, so even if you're not looking to put massive weight above your head, if you just want something, just a little bit of like flow or something like that, just to help you move a little bit easier, then super easy to just go on. There's all those resources are online now. So what would your ideal programs be? What would our ideal programs be for an individual? If we were going to give something really quick off the cuff, you know, like compound movements, we all agree on, right? And then probably what, one or two accessories per upper lower half or I would say just look to be, yeah, pushing weight away from your body, pulling weight towards your body, you know, hinging down and, and picking something up. Yeah. Making sure you have all those in whatever kind of form, whatever tools you want to use. You don't like a barbell, fine. Then use, you know, a different, <laughs> different tool. I think getting into it, I think what we're touching on with a lot of lower body things, I think taking care of your feet and taking care of your spine are probably two of the biggest things as far as like priming She's the body goes. Actually, not. I, was actually... I, had to throw, I had to throw that out there. I had to throw... <laughs> yes. 
So everybody <laughs> knows. Totally right. So everybody knows these two have computers in front of them. <laughs> Do you know what I have up though? Is like I just downloaded for the for a little bit. It's a but no, it's you're, you're problems awesome. that your poop could be telling you oh <laughs> for when we talk about oh, our gut health. Awesome. So that's what just popped up. So that's why I was like, <laughs> all right, let's get it. into pooping. I love pooping. Who does not love a pooping conversation? <laughs> We're gonna get into that right now. Here we go. Here we go. To be fair, on that. You may as well dive into dive it. into yeah. it. We covered. I think we covered everything. We, yeah, I think, I think we're good. I think okay. we're good. So okay. Uh, so poop. Like, why we want to care about that or gut health? Right, the red flags. <laughs> that we're getting into. Well, Let me go back. If, if, you, if you're not pooping, then it's a problem, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, we could talk about you know relating the compound health to or compound uh, lifts to your compound to your digestive helps. health. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but squatting, getting that compression is, is an excellent one for helping with your, your digestion. So whether that's just sitting in a resting squat or, or lifting, um, weights in a squat, but that compression is extremely beneficial to your, your gut health, um, for digestion wise. So that one's those two. There's the link. There's our segue in. <laughs> so that's a solid segue. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, your, your gut health is absolutely is absolutely vital to, um, understanding what's going on in your body. So, um, your poop can be the biggest way to identify of, of what the, the, um, status of your gut health is. It's how your body releases, you know, toxins and things in there. And so how often you're releasing those toxins is definitely, um, you know, something you want to pay attention to. Uh, it's normal to go one to three times a day, anything less than that, anything more than that, you want to be uh, a little concerned about, um, so red flags for gut health for sure would be, yeah, how often you're, you're pooping, <laughs> the condition so of it. Just quickly, like what would yeah. be the, the benefit of looking mm-hmm. after my digestive and gut health like mm-hmm. to get in a great body? Yeah, yeah, to get, yeah. Thanks for bringing that back around. <laughs> um, <laughs> more my, my question for myself. Cause yeah, I'm like, yeah. Do I need to sort out my gut health? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, because the, it's going to help with feeling motivated to even getting in and moving that gut health can determine a lot of that your gut health is directly related to your mood. Um, so a lot of our, most of our hormones are created within our gut. So these are going to be hormones related for your, your mood, for your recovery, um, you know, for repairing the body, you know, after you go through workouts and things like that. Um, so all of that is created in your guts. So you're definitely going to want healthy guts in order for that connection between your brain and your body to, to heal properly. Um, a lot of people don't really think of it that, do they? A lot of people will just think, uh, my muscles hurt. I don't really want to go to the gym today. Like, yeah. I wonder why. Yeah. Um, so, like, I mean, usually I would kind of say it's like sleep, uh, hydration, so the amount of water you're drinking. Totally. And the food, you, food you're eating. Totally. Your, yeah. yeah, your joint pain, your how much energy you have and all that kind of stuff can be directly related to your gut health. So your sleep is so important because that's the only time that your body has to recover and to de-stress and to do a lot of that work for the guts and the brain to really communicate with to each other of what the body does need. Um, hydration is absolutely another one. So that could be something if you're, if you're not going to the bathroom enough, or if you're finding it really hard to recover and to meet your goals, sleep and hydration are usually the top two things that I would, I talk to most clients about, and we sort those out first because those can be like, they can make or break what happens with your training program. And that's a massive problem here as well in, in this kind of region because mm-hmm. you've got people with sleep schedules oh, all over the horrible. place. Yeah. And we live in one of the hottest countries on earth and people aren't drinking enough water. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So how much water should we be, we be drinking as athletes, I guess, like kind of obviously government usually kind of says two liters or whatever. Right. Right. People who are trying to do a little bit more, like how much would you yeah. recommend that we're supposed to be drinking? 
so what I, for myself and I come from a lot of dehydration issues, um, you know, from overtraining concerns and things before, I mean, you, there's several times I've had to go in and get IV bags because I've been dehydrated listen for things. One. Yeah. <laughs> any, listen, listen to any to other episode. You'll hear me talk about it. So yeah, to make sure you want to go into your workouts hydrated, you want to go into your sleep hydrated because you actually, you know, when you're, you're working out and you're sweating, you're, you're losing a lot of the water, you're losing a lot of minerals through that. So you need to, you need to replenish that. Um, you know, when you sleep, you're actually breathing out water vapor. So you're actually getting dehydrated as you sleep. So it's really important. The first thing when you wake up is drinking, you know, two glasses of water, um, I don't know liters and milliliters, so sixteen ounces. I don't know eight to sixteen ounces. Ounces. <laughs> I know. Just drink I'm a sorry. big bottle of water. It's like big a cup. Bottle of water. What's uh? How big is that bottle? That's this. This uh, two. This is one and a half liters. That's one and a half liters. Uh, yeah, just okay. drink, drink a big bottle of water. That's a lot. That's a lot to hit right off the the really? bat in the morning. That's, that's what yeah. I usually do. <laughs> I would say uh, for most people, I would say yeah, eight to sixteen ounces. We can look up what that is. Um, we we usually say I think it's about a pint, which is about five. Yes, just over five hundred yeah. milliliters. Yeah, right. So yep. that's like. Yeah, a third of a large bottle. Okay, yeah. yeah. So drink that straight away in the morning. And then throughout the day, um, as long as you're drinking two to four ounces, sorry, <laughs> looking up real quick, <laughs> two to four ounces. Um, and we're going to have trouble with this metric. 59 milliliters. I know, I'm sorry. Yeah. American on board. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so everybody, in short, just drink enough water. If your pee's yellow, you need more. If your pee's clear, then... Usually pretty hydrated, but you have to be careful. So, I mean, yeah, two to four ounces, I'll say every 30 minutes, you can do the math on yourself and figure out how much that exactly is. But two to four ounces every 30 minutes, you pretty much ensure that you're going into your workouts hydrated, you're going into your sleep hydrated, and you want to be able to replenish those minerals and things that are lost. So, um adding like a, a good, you know, like coconut water is a great one to help replenish some of those minerals that are lost through sweat. Um, adding like a good colored salt to your waters can be another one to make sure you're replenishing those, those minerals. Um, but if you can drink that like two to four ounces every 30 minutes throughout a day, that can be a big help in, in making sure that you're going into things hydrated and that you're not going to be dehydrated. When you eat, I would say drink before you start your meal and then during your meal, try not to be guzzling water throughout because that can also have effects on your digestion and how you process the food. There's certain enzymes and things that need to work in there. And if you dilute that too much, then you're, you're uh, impacting your digestion process a little bit. So four ounces mm -hmm. is uh, 100, well, sorry, a one <laughs> 100, 100, what? 100 milliliters? A, ten, a tenth of a liter. Okay. So, like, yeah, it's 100 milliliters. Okay. So, you're so drink that every 30 minutes. Yeah. So yeah. if you're saying like, because a small bottle, I think is like maybe 200, 200? Yeah. A small can of Coke is like Finish that in an hour. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of, we're looking at like a small can of Coke every hour and a half. Yeah. Around about that. Right. Yeah. So. Right. Exactly. Kind of yeah. Version. Something. Thank you. <laughs> um, if you can do that throughout the day, that's going to be amazing. Um, but you do have to think about just plain water just sometimes isn't enough to replenish a lot of those minerals that are lost during sweat. So you have to think about, you know, your workout and the type of training that you're doing and how much you are sweating. Um, sometimes just plain water isn't, isn't enough for that. You need some of those minerals back. And so that's where like we've developed a salt fear and that came mostly from the sodium in processed foods, not necessarily the good, like, Pink salt. Pink salt, yeah, and colored salt. So if you can add just like a maybe a quarter of a teaspoon to your uh, water throughout the day, um, you can add a little lime and lemon in there too to help with the, the taste of it. But if you can do that, that has a lot uh, for helping your immune system, your lymphatic system, all that stuff that helps with muscle recovery, that helps with sleep, all that kind of stuff. So 
Yeah. A hundred milliliters every, every, uh, hour, we say hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So about 300 milliliters, yeah. about a small can of Coke every yeah. hour and a half. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But I'm glad you hit on salt because people, yeah. people don't think of salt as something that they need to replenish. And it's, right. well, yeah, the fear that's been developed yeah. around it. Exactly. But that's not the kind of salt that they're talking about. The, as long as you're eating your fresh whole foods, which we talked about in the last one. Um, yeah, definitely. You need, we probably need more salt and women especially. And that has to do a lot with like the, the hormones in their cycle. There's receptors and things that go along with that, that kind of, um, take up, uh, some of the sodium that we need to help push the fluid through our body. And what about carbs? I mean, carbs have been demonized so bad in the last five years, but they're mm-hmm. so essential. We, we just need to focus on better carbs, not, not fewer. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, yeah. I think, I think people have, have the misconception now that carbs are the devil. You want to stay mm-hmm. away from them. And we talked about the whole keto diet and everything. So it's just like, I want to make sure that we try and hit on the good carbs because people, I think they're, they're always so focused on the protein, the, you know, yeah. the, that part of it. Yeah. Right. You need a lot of, you need, they're great for fiber and you need that, you know, to help with your digestion things too. Um, so would you recommend that it's better for people that to like take a fiber supplement or something like that? If, if they're not getting enough, if they're kind of, maybe say they're worried about adding too much of the wrong carbs and they don't have mm. the information. Eat some Shebzy. Right. <laughs> have you ever had Shebzy? No. Dude, Shebzy is like, it's loaded mm. with like 11 different green, like vegetables. Uh-huh. And it's, it's, I love it. Like yeah. I can sit and eat a whole, I'm going to bring you guys some, but this is yeah. like, dude, it's awesome. It's like fiber currency. Just think yeah. of greens as like your, your detox kind of vegetable. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, your body detoxes on its own. Like you don't need to go through any special detox. Your body has been built to do it on its own and greens help stimulate that. So for sure, making sure you're getting in enough of those. I'd say that. And then our, our probiotics and prebiotics are another thing we hear a lot about with gut health that people get confused on. So your, your probiotics, um, are good bacteria that you need in your guts to help, um, digest and to help create all of those hormones that we, that we talk about for, you know, your mood for your recovery. Um, and then the prebiotics are the food for that bacteria. So your prebiotics would be things like your garlic and your onions. And that's the stuff that that, those probiotics feed off of. So you need good good gut health with that bacteria in there. And that's another thing that we've been developing a fear around is bacteria because there's, you know, antiviral, you know, germs and all this stuff. And it's just like, we're, we're actually made up of more bacteria than we are of, of human, human cells. We were bacteria first. Um, and that's how things keep in balance. Like bacteria actually promotes life and, uh, you need that within your guts. And that's how, that's how the brains and the guts communicate to each other is through that healthy bacteria environment. And the movement. I mean, the movement aspect's important for gut gut health too. I mean, Absolutely. Especially people think you eat a big meal, sit down, and you know you want to take your your nap or whatever. Especially here, I love it here. Everyone's like, no, no. I just ate. I can't move. It's like, dude, this is when you should move. You know, this is when you should go for. That's a big sign of what you're eating. If you feel like you immediately want to go for a nap afterwards, then that's probably a sign of either an allergy to some kind that you're eating. or it could just be being very detached from that that meal of maybe eating too much, eating too quickly. So if you're feeling very sleepy right after a meal, that's usually an indication of of something being off in the in the diet. Yeah. Well, I think I think that's some solid stuff right there, and you know, and going into that, I'd say we touch on the movement a little bit and just move a little bit throughout the day so that you can not only keep that 
caloric burn going, but it's just that overall movement is just generally healthy rather than sitting down all day. I think that's the thing that we need to focus on more like, I mean, yes, compound movements, all stuff. We know the big benefits of strength training and all these things that you can do within an hour in the gym and in a session. But the idea is that we do just need to be moving more throughout the day. Um, you know, still an hour in the gym, there's no way that that no matter what you're doing, how much weight you're lifting, um, there's no way that that can reverse nine to 10 hours of sitting in a day. So, I mean, if it's just, maybe you have to set an alarm, maybe it's just, you know, we talk about hydration. So it's like, I always tell my clients, like carry that water bottle with you and then make sure every hour, every half hour you're getting up to refill it. And that's just an excuse not only to get up, but maybe you go and take a walk in the stairwell. If you've got an office job, maybe you, you know, get up and do some stretches, but more movement throughout the day is better. It's not that you need to go for more high intensity training. It's not that you need to go and run a 5k at one go or anything like that. Like just look for more ways to move throughout the day. And that's just as simple as looking around your home environment, looking around your office environment and how easy is it for you just to sit on your ass and not do anything, you know, create maybe some more obstacles and inconveniences of where to reach for things and how to get to things. And don't let them just, yeah, get down on the, get down on the floor thing for me. Like when I get home after sitting all day, first thing I do is I'm playing with DJ. Yeah. We're moving around. We're jumping around. I'm jumping on the couch. You know, my wife thinks I'm nuts, but it's cool. Like, but I'm sitting all day. Mm -hmm. You know, the only movement I am really getting in is when I do take, Take a walk and I try and schedule that in. Like my goal every day when I go to work is to walk 7,000 steps. Like I want to get my 7,000 in before I leave the office. And that's just a quick walk around the building. It takes five minutes, literally. And the past two weeks, I've been incorporating staircases. So I have 10 staircases to climb every day. And sure as hell, now it's turned into let me get this out of the way first thing in the morning so that. I don't have to worry about it later on in the afternoon when my day gets really busy because we get in, we'll have our coffee, you know, majority of the office jobs, you'll have your coffee, sit down and then you'll, you know, shoot the breeze for, with someone for about 20, 30 minutes. And then you get the email starts pouring the phone calls and your boss yelling at you screaming this and that. So it's good to get that movement in and that stuff in before the day gets going, you know, get a walk in before your morning starts. And then it's so much easier to maintain that later on versus sitting down and then, Oh, I got to get my walk in. And then your boss comes in with some papers and you got to, you know, it's a pain in the ass. That's where it comes into that action, bringing more of the motivation. Like when you, yeah, get up, like sometimes it's hard to get up early and to make time for it in the morning, but like you get up and you start doing it and it brings about a little bit more energy. That's for me, the first yeah, I think in my morning routine is I get up, I drink water, and then I move. And that's something as simple as just moving my spine around, doing some arm circles, doing some, you know, leg movements, whatever it is, just some kind of movement to bring some life and energy into the body. But yeah, absolutely. I think walking is so underrated. Um, all my clients, no matter what we're doing during the week, how many times we're training, whatever, I just tell them, like, even after this, like, you try to collect a minimum of 8,000 steps a day is usually what I, what I have people go for. Um, but walking is just, it's such an underrated exercise. I think for sure that needs to be added in more throughout the day. There's plenty of places to walk here as well. Yeah. There's the mall, there's, out, there's outside, there's the, the, in each area, I think you've got like a little like walking track as well. There's like a play park or something there. Mm-hmm. Um, so if even when the weather is terrible, there's a space. Yeah, for, it's, yeah. it's very yep. easy to find somewhere to walk. Like if you, if you want to find it, um, it's also very easy to avoid it if you want to avoid it. So it's kind of, you, you've got to start making those choices. Um, but the places are there and obviously the information is out there to help you as well. And at the end of the day, if you want a good body, if you want to have a good looking body or whatever is good looking to you, 
it's essential that you kind of try to incorporate all these steps into your lifestyle and turn it into a lifestyle versus trying to make it a chore because at the end of the day, it's a lifestyle. You lift heavy weights and stuff because it's your lifestyle. You love doing it. You love doing gut health and, you know, all the stuff that you do, the movement. You love doing gut health. Being like the smarter one of us all. And, you know, like, I mean, dude. Those are things that people really need to take away from this is do what you love doing. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no right or wrong as long as you're moving, moving and doing stuff. And then if you want to take that extra step and go to a gym, I'd say go to a gym. It needs to be led with respect. Like whatever you're doing, it needs to be. Yeah. Like you're, you're doing it because it's, it's respecting your body in some way. If you're leading it with the intention of like a punishment kind of attitude um, or trying to reverse something else, like it's you're you're going to head for, for failure with it. It's never going to work. It's never going to last. Thinking of it as like making your life easier mm. rather than like, I have to lose weight to fit right. that dress or something like that. It's like, okay, well, how about just thinking of, if you're, if you're going to be fixated on the dress or the, the shirt size or whatever it is, go, okay, well, I'm going to make myself, my life easier by shopping where I want to. When I lose that weight, it's kind of like going, that's going to make it, make it easier for myself. Um, or if it's doing whatever it might be, kind of, it's going to make it easier because I get to carry the kids upstairs or, um, like I don't have to use the lift or whatever it is. What's important um, to you. Yeah, yeah. Just knowing what that is. And, and those goals might change from when you first start to when you keep going, like, but as long as you keep understanding like what it is you, yeah, what those goals are, then move, move closer to them. Literally just take a step. <laughs> take a step towards them. That's it. And thank you for listening to how to get a hot body or wait, what'd you call it? It's a great body. <laughs> great how to get, well, thank you for listening to how to get a great body and please head over to the project Kuwait on Instagram and you know, you can find us all there. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at The Project Kuwait. Thank you, and join us next time.